towards the end of the call, I kind of said something which is absolutely crazy. As we were finishing, I said, okay, are we done with the business conversation? Yes, yes, yes. Have you agreed about everything? Yes, yes, yes. And I said, I have to say something to you. And then she was like, what? And I said, you know, it's going to sound really crazy, but I just have to say it. And then she says, well, what do you have to say? And I said, I'm the one. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. I have a very, very special guest today, somebody that I have known for many years and um, somebody that I actually met during a time when I was in a very different situation in life. It was the time when I was having little babies and I was looking for a job and I came across this man who I immediately liked and he gave me a job. So um, everything else we're going to talk about during this interview, I just want to say my guest today is Soren Todorovic, the founder of TNM Coaching, a wonderful person, very, very inspirational. He is a professional coach, has been for 20 years. He's an adventurer. And the one thing that I like most about him, he is good fun. Welcome, Soren, to Most Memorable Journeys. I am going to live up to that expectation of having a good fun with you today. And thank you so much for inviting me. It's a really pleasure to have you. And, um, you know, let's go back a little bit in our lives because we met. Natalie was just six months old and today is her birthday and she is 26. So we met so young, (laughs) 25 years ago. And you were working in Cyprus. You were running a company in Cyprus. But you are originally from Belgrade. How did you end up in Cyprus? Well, the, the Cyprus was a, a rescue island for me at that time. Uh, when we talk about the most memorable journeys, I remember it was I was studying journalism uh, at, at one point in my life. And we were trained to understand investigative journalism as well and kind of monitor the media stories and understand what's happening in a geopolitical situation. And when the war in Yugoslavia was kind of in preparation, at that moment in time, I already knew far ahead, advanced that something will happen, you know, and I was kind of exploring and looking where do I really need to go, you know, because I didn't want to be in a war. I, you know, I knew this was not part of my soul journey. In this lifetime, I felt this was something that I was not supposed to live directly, even though it affected me. And then Cyprus just popped up. And it was like this beacon of light calling me in a distance. You need to move here. You need to come here. You need to come here. So I did follow my heart. And I've decided that Cyprus, you know, it's the place that I need to land. And then I left just before, literally just before the war in former Yugoslavia. That's how I ended up there. Wow, you were lucky that you managed to get out before. And yeah. um, and I know that you like Cyprus. You had a good time here. You're always in a good mood. So that's that's probably not an indication that you were happy. What I saw you enjoying Cyprus. And we had, uh, the company that you were running was uh, Personalized Children's Books. We had a good time. And something happened during those, uh, during those phone calls that we used to make to find uh, potential clients who would buy our franchises. What happened, Soren? Who did you call? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a very, very naughty question, but I think it's going to be entertaining for the listeners as well. Well, at that time, when you and I uh, worked together, I was looking for love, basically. You know, f- for me, you know, at that stage of my life, I was done with the 
dating and flirting and promiscuous lifestyle and never ending, you know, relationships basically. And I just got tired of it. And I was kind of looking into how can I attract this soulmate in my life? You know, what needs to happen for me to really find somebody that I really want to spend the rest of my life with and I want to create a family and start a new life and and nothing was happening. <laughs> and I was looking and looking and looking and I was also consciously creating that reality, you know, up till one day when you and I were sitting in the office and we were selling this franchise for, for Sweden at that moment in time. And, and something went complicated with the translation, with, you know, usually contracting and negotiation. And then somebody told me, you have to talk to this woman on the phone. She's very demanding. She knows what she wants. You know, she wants to talk to you. And at that moment in time, I was having the operation. I was like, okay, no problem. I can talk to her. And then something, you know, interesting happened. You know, the moment I got on the phone and we started talking, I've recognized that voice. You know, I've recognized that, that woman, that frequency, and I was completely mesmerized. I think it was, you know, as sometimes people say that the love strikes you and this error of the errors kind of hits you and then you lose your <laughs> cool. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, who is this? So to cut long story short, as we were talking through this conversation towards the end of the call, I kind of said something which is absolutely crazy. As we were finishing, I said, okay, are we done with the business conversation? Yes, yes, yes. Have you agreed about everything? Yes, yes, yes. And I said, I have to say something to you. And then she was like, what? And I said, you know, it, it's going to sound really crazy, but I just have to say it. And then she says, well, what do you have to say? I said, I'm the one. And she was like, what do you mean? I said, I'm the one. And she says, which one? I'm so, I'm the one you're going to marry and have the family with. I'm the one. And she said, and, and it was just silence on the other end of the phone. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? And then she said, are you sure? I said, 100%. She said, absolutely 100% sure. I said, yes. So she said, I don't need to look any further. I don't need to kind of get, get it out there. You're the one. I said, yes. She said, okay, then. And we put the phone down. And I was like, ah, freaking God. I was completely, you know, overwhelmed with myself and embarrassed and ashamed that I didn't know what I was talking about. But at the same time, I, it felt really, really, really good, right? And to, and yeah, she to, was the one. Is she still as demanding as she was on that phone call? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure she's going to like this. <laughs> yes, in a good way. You know what I mean? Demanding in a good way, knowing what of she wants. Of course. Of course. She was the one. She was the one. And that, you know, these conversations around business, they converted into conversation about our personal lives. And then we slowly kind of... We actually managed to fall in love without even seeing each other, which is really special. It's amazing. And I mean, now we're talking about 25 years later, two children later, one of your kids has started studying, right? Yes, yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, and you're living in Ibiza. It's, it's a different, it's, it's a very, very long story, but it's a good story. And I am, I, it's just funny how life sometimes happens. And um, I'm not surprised at all that you did some this kind of thing because you always <laughs> you were always weird <laughs> in a good way. I hope good way, you of know, course. Also, I think it's a testament to the heart. You know, when you are willing to follow your heart and you're willing to express what you really feel in a moment without kind of pushing yourself not to be authentic, it always works. So I for love me, that. That was and something that I've done, you know, just without thinking, you know. 
Yes, but you have the guts to say it. I mean, how many people would end this phone call and think, oh, wow, that was a nice, you know, that could have, whatever, that could have been, that felt good or that there was a connection here, but they don't do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> the moral of the story is when you feel something, say it. Yes, yes. And don't hesitate. Don't hesitate because these sliding doors in life, the opportunities, the possibilities, they're always presented, right? And we are the ones who are supposed to kind of play that role in the moment, right? We are the actors of our own movies. So if the movie presents you with an opportunity, say yes. Instead of like, oh, I'm so insecure. You know, I cannot do this. I cannot do that. Just say yes, you know. Absolutely. Yes. We are the actor and the director and the scriptwriter and everything of our life. We both know how important it is to know that. Yes. Yeah. For me, it was also the initiation in, in something else that I've done in my life, which is coaching, which was the beginning of being authentic to myself and then being able to coach others to do the same. Yeah. And that's what you did afterwards, isn't it? Soon after, throughout our relationship, very soon when we moved away from Cyprus to Sweden, then I've started coaching there. And um, you started, you founded TNM Coaching 20 years ago or how, how long ago? Because I want to know about your coaching in, in China. I want to hear that story. You know, coaching at that time was a new profession and I did have this pioneering spirit inside of myself. And, you know, coaching was at the very beginning. You know, I was one of the first coaches in Europe, you know, said yes, because I'm weird. You know, nobody knew what coaching was. <laughs> you know, I have Serbian name and I say, I'm a life coach or I'm a business coach. They're like, okay, you know, what football team do you coach? I said, no, 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 people. No, no, what, what, you know, basketball? No, people. So it was really courageous, you know, to do this as well, because it was kind of creating this new movement. And, and there is such a beauty in doing that for me. That's another journey that I really loved, you know, being in the new, being in the fresh and creating something from get-go. Yeah, and, and that took me to different journeys. You know, again, when you say yes to something like that, even though it's uncertain, even though it's something that you don't know how it's going to play out, even though it's something that nobody has done ever before, and you follow that inside of yourself, it rewards you. The life becomes kind and gives you goodies. So saying yes is important, as we said before again. Do you sometimes wonder about your children? Because I do. We said, we were a different generation. Okay, you're young. You're younger than I, you're another generation. But I think our, sometimes I feel like our children are overprotected. And um, we we think too much for them because nobody thought for me. I don't know if anybody thought for you, but we didn't have anybody to ask when we had to say yes. I had this conversation with a few of my friends and I 100% agree. I think that we are overparenting. <laughs> I think that we are literally overparenting. And I think sometimes, you know, we actually are stumbling blocks to our children's development because we really love them so much and we want to give them everything, you know, everything that we never had in our lives. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. I have to control myself and to let go, you know, and to say, no, 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 no. Now I'm not getting into this. They need to work this out themselves. This is their journey. I'm here to facilitate instead of like, let me solve your problem. I know how to do this. <laughs> we have to watch them fall. We just have to catch them when they are when they are falling. But I think you cannot stop. If you stop them from falling all the time, they will never learn how to fly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a painful lesson for parents. I, you know, for me, you know, to watch that, you know, as you said, falling down and just being, keeping your cool, calm and collected self and remembering at that moment in time that this is exactly what needs to happen for the best outcome of their life. 
and to just let it be. <laughs> oh my God, that's a spiritual practice. Yeah. Who would have ever thought that we would be talking about parenting 25 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> so tell me about China. China as 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 journey in my life, it's absolutely remarkable from so many different levels. And remarkable, it's the, the point of entry, you know, because I was invited to go and work in China and I had really strong unconscious and conscious bias about China. I thought, why people don't invite me to go and work in San Francisco or in Los Angeles or, you know, I don't know, you know, Brazil, maybe, you know, Rio, you know, which is, <laughs> why would I go to China? I mean, it's just like, no. And I, I said no many times, you know, when people ask me to go, I said, no, no, this is not for me. This is for somebody else. And fortunately, I had partners in China who really were persistent and they're like, no, 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 but you just have to come once, just come once and you know, work with us, do the coaching training seminars and be there. And I was like, okay, you know, right. I, I go once, you know, but I, I was judgmental, Elizabeth. I was, they have a bad policy towards children. And, you know, you know, it's a communist country. It's closed up. You know, people are not treated well. You know, I had all this conscious and unconscious bias. It was very challenging for me to overcome that. And then I decided, okay, this is one of these life journeys. They're calling me. I cannot, you know, say no any longer, you know, so I went and, to my surprise, this was one of the most beautiful journeys of my life. You know, what I've learned about myself in China and what I've learned about people of China, what I learned about culture, about deep spirituality, about their ways of living and being was mind-boggling to me. You know, I mean, it was just you know, when you watch the bad movie or you think you're going to watch the bad movie and that bad movie turns to be a, a groundbreaking movie that you talk to your friends for months and months and months, you have to see this movie. This is exactly how I felt. I felt that you have to go, you have to visit that country, you have to travel because it's absolutely remarkable what's going on there. Because everything you thought or knew was more or less, you had known from the press or from uh, whatever, from this kind. We are brainwashed by people who uh, write things the yeah. way they think. We're not, you know, I think it's important that we find out ourselves how things really are. Exactly. I think that, that putting yourself in that experience, you know, understanding that somebody else has that maybe experience they're sharing, maybe that's real for them, but it doesn't need to be real for you. So for example, for me, with Chinese people, they are the most compassionate loving and funny people I've ever met in my life. The, the humor in China, if you really plug into that humor, you understand the cultural references of humor, you laugh a lot. So I laughed so much in China. I never ex expected to be in that joyful situation. So the humor is remarkable. They have a beautiful innocence towards them. You know, on a certain level, you would relate to this because when you coach people, you're looking for that purity, you're looking for that innocence of the soul. So they're very innocent in a playful, childlike way. So that they're engaged, you know, they're engaged. They want to learn, they want to grow, they want to play, they want to tell me about this and tell me about that. And let's play this game and let's, you know, try this one out. So it's a really can-do attitude with playfulness, joyfulness, innocence. And then the amazing commitment to, to excellence that goes with it. You know, when somebody engages and decides this is what's going to be happening in my life, they really commit. And I, I find this extremely fascinating that you will not deviate from that 
journey. You will not change 10,000 times and change your mind and give up, you know, when the things get tough and the going, the, the things get going, get tough. They will commit and persevere. So for me, it was also fascinating to see this from the personal development point of view. Wow. So it's the determination and, and the willingness to succeed or the drive to succeed, which is there. Are people in China generally superstitious? Yes and no, you know, depends, you know, because there's so many lineages, lineages in China, the one that comes from Taoism and Buddhism, one that comes from, you know, then not having any religion, one that comes from superstition, so it depends. Some mm-hmm. people can, and some people are not, but generally there is this cultural programming of superstitious of the red envelopes and making sure that you do what you need to do at the right time, at the right place, and, you know, there is, there is that in the air, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it also has become a lot more tradition than actual belief, I think, you know, like yeah. giving the money and on New Year's and and uh, I don't know, I've been to China uh, many, many years ago when I was a tour guide. I really have to go back and there is a chance that my son is going to go for a year. So I'll definitely have an opportunity to go. Yeah, but, that's cool. uh, fascinating. So then, my dear Soren, you ended up in Ibiza. How did that <laughs> happen? <laughs> well, I missed Cyprus, <laughs> and then I went to the wrong island. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's still there is a sea there. So that yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I always like yourself love Mediterranean lifestyle. I think people who live on Mediterranean and they're born in Mediterranean lifestyle, they don't understand the the privilege. And the beauty and, and uh, what Mediterranean lifestyle represents, because it's for them what they live in. You know, it's, yeah. they take it for granted. Yeah. When you're not there, you know, for me, when we moved from Cyprus and went to cold Scandinavia <laughs> and lived there for a very long time in darkness and snow, which is also charming and wonderful, and you know, it has its own beauties. We missed the Mediterranean lifestyle. I missed being able to go to beach and swim and, and walk my dog and, and, you know, sit in a coffee shop and have a coffee on the sun in the morning and meditate and listen to the waves. So, you know, and then we were looking into where we're going to go. And then as in our life, and this is something that I that I keep on sharing with my students and my friends, is I'm very attuned to listen to what life gives me as an indication to where I need to go next. So how this happened, actually, that suddenly everybody began talking in our environment, Ibiza, Ibiza, Ibiza. And I remember saying to Liliana, my wife, no, 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 you know, we were too old for the party island. Come on. I mean, what are we going to do there? This is this is the island. You know, when you're 20 years old and you go and party hard and, you know, you stay there and, you know, get drunk and drugged up and you go home. You know, this is not for us. And then. It keep on coming up, coming up, coming up, and we just decided to go and visit. And when we when we landed, we both knew, mainly, not both, my wife knew, not me, my wife knew this was where she really wanted to be. And then we decided, yes, let's commit to this. And our kids were at that time a little bit younger. And we also asked our kids, you know, how do you feel about being here? And, you know, and they were like, no, 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 we don't want to leave. We love it here. So it was all kind of a family choice. And this is how we ended up here. I see on social media sometimes you have a group, I mean, a, a beautiful group of friends. You're you're kind of in a, in a community or, or I don't know what to call it. And you have uh, get togethers and lunches and this kind of life. I would imagine that you really enjoy. 
I think that what is special about this island, you know, Cyprus had the same thing, the community. And community here, it's the one that you would appreciate and love, which is the, the black ships and mis- misfits. A lot of people who traveled around the world tried to find the new home away from their homeland, so to say, end up being here. Somehow, you know, they end up coming here. And it's, a, it's very international. And it's very soulful and it feels like a family because, you, you, because you're far away from your motherland. You naturally want to have this family around you. And then those new friends, these misfit, misfits and black sheep, <laughs> they become your community. And then you form that kind of extended family that we all need to have you know, around us to be able to be happy and functional social human beings. So, yeah, it's a strong community here awakened, spiritual. There's a lot of professionals nowadays when everybody works from from distance from home, you know, it's even even more palpable because people come from all different parts of the world to be here and work remotely. So it's lovely. I like the misfits and black sheep because I think they're our kind of people, aren't they? We're not really that much into normal people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also nice to kind of be with each other. You know what I mean? You know, Usually when they go back home, you know, to visit for Christmas or for holidays, they come back and how was your visit to your original family? It's like, oh, my God, they think I'm crazy. Why do they think I'm crazy? Because, you know, I think in this way. So I think it's important when you are expanded thinker and you want to stretch the limits of, of human conditioning that you have, you know, people around you who are in the same way otherwise you feel weird all the time (laughs) otherwise you feel you don't belong you know what I mean you don't belong anywhere yeah I think we're also very blessed actually to have this to have more than one home in a way and the funny thing is I'm sure I don't know how you feel when you go back to uh, to Belgrade or to Serbia but when I go back to Switzerland it takes me like two hours and I'm 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 back to you know it's normal it feels normal yeah me too me too and actually I miss it sometimes to be very honest with you I miss that pool of that motherland you feel normal you feel in your own language you recognize certain things you know it's lovely to visit the grounding I think it grounds us once in a while and it doesn't mean that the we want to live there again, or it, 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 it's just, I think I could more or less live anywhere if I had to, you know, because it's not, it's as we, you and I both know that uh, happiness is an inside job. It doesn't depend on the place where you are, but of course it helps. Yeah. What does happiness depend on, Soren? Happiness depends on your, on your inner state mostly. You know, it depends to where are you with your inner dialogue, with your inner self, you know, who are you? being in the moment. So I think that happiness is linked to that. How do you feel about yourself in this moment in time? So it can be anywhere. It can be anywhere, literally. And I think that the more you travel, the more you understand that. Because sometimes people think, okay, if I just leave this country or I leave this place and I go somewhere else, my life will change. Mm -hmm. And And I will be happy. I will be happy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, at the beginning, it works because it's mm-hmm. new, it's fresh. You know, you go to different supermarkets, you get new goods, you get distracted, you meet new people. But eventually, you know. Eventually, reality hits you and you realize that you are still with the same person that you were before. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Me with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And, and that's what change has to be made. You know, you are the only person who can change you. Yes. 
Exactly. From inside out, from inside out. I think that's the biggest lesson for all of us. From inside out, learning to connect to that, understanding who you are, where you are, and how do you need to evolve and grow. And, you know, I love saying this, you know, I know you love this, to be all, in my opinion, messed up on a certain level. I mean, all work in progress. So, you know, sometimes people aspire to become, you know, to achieve an image of somebody else that they admire and they think they get their life sorted. But I personally coach so many people in my life right now that I know that everybody has a story to to evolve, to fix. So it's good to know that, you know, that we're all in this boat together. Oh, God, I totally agree. And absolutely that we are a work in progress. I think we are a work in progress until the last breath. I mean, it's really, it, it really never ends. And, um, you know, those people who think that they are perfect, they are very, very wrong. You have just been on a very exciting trip with your son. You were in Africa. Tell me a little bit about that. One of the reasons why I wanted to go to Africa, first of all, due to the, you know, our lovely COVID situation, having been traveling for a long time in a long distance and, you know, putting myself into adventure. And, and for me, I know that my soul thrives when I create adventure, the sense of adventure, you know, going into unknown, trying something new. And I always know that I, I change as a result of that journey. I always come back home with a new, refreshed self. I, I've realized certain things about myself. I had to get a distance from my life, you know, like looking into, into my life from a different dimension, from a different perspective. So this whole journey into Africa was, for me, exactly that, to get the distance, to see myself, you know, who did I become in the last two years? You know, how did I emerge to be? And also... It was for my son because I feel that it's extremely important for the boys, and he is 15 right now, to have this rite of passage, to be able to initiate themselves into the becoming a young man or young adult and to understand what does it take, you know, for me to move from being a boy to being a young man, to being a man, to being a strong man, to being a powerful man. And for me, that journey with, with my son, Luca, was a combination because when we were traveling, we were talking a lot about this rite of passage. And then we met the Masai tribe. Funnily enough, you know, we didn't even share with them what was the intention of this journey for us, specifically for me, for him to experience that rite of passage. They immediately begin talking to us about the rite of passage of Masai warriors, what happens when they're 14, 15, 16, how they need to kind of go into the forest, how they need to hunt the lion, how they need to bring the lion, how they need to be in wilderness by themselves, how they need to learn how to make fire, how to survive, and so on. And I was seeing how is that shaping, you know, my son and how is he connecting, you know, in his Western mind, because he lives in, in Europe, you know, the importance of making that stand or crossing that journey of doing something to initiate yourself to see you in a different light. So it was very special, you know, on that level. And of course, the animals and and, and, and in the wild wilderness, and that was another dimension of it. But I think that the the Maasai warriors in that conversation was the most important thing. That's why we went to that journey. That's fantastic. And I think seeing all this makes you very humble, also the size of, of the world or the size of Africa and so many things that we don't know, you know. And, and one thing that I have learned through traveling is that the more you go, the further you travel, you realize that we are all the same. Yes, absolutely. We are all the same. And also getting this uniqueness of the flavor of the local communities as well. So for me, what stayed for me from Africa in this journey was that open heart. You know, the people... 
you know, we met along our journey, we're really willing to engage from the heart. You know, if you are somebody who is open to experience, right? You're not closed down and thinking about now I'm on the journey and now I need to sit in a Jeep and I need to go to the safari and I need to make sure that I see elephant and this is the only journey, but you are in the journey of like, if I see the elephant, I see the elephant. If I don't see the elephant, I don't see the elephant. If it's meant to be, it will be. If it's not meant to be, it's not. But what is important is communication with the driver, right? About his family, about his life, about his experiences in being the safari driver and a park ranger. And then through that conversation, they really, really engaged. So I came home after this journey, really feeling that heart connection to myself, you know, this Akuna Matata, you know, like everything is going to be okay. Everything is lovely. Relax, you know, relax into yourself. And I really needed that personally after the madness of last two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to relax, you know what I mean? Relax. It's all good. I totally understand. The thing about maybe seeing the lion or not seeing the lion or, or, or about Africa or whatever. Tell me your opinion about fear and how much fear affects us or how much fear stops us. Yeah. Listen, I had a funny story about that because this was a hilarious story from Safari just to kind of link it to the fear. So we're driving with this driver and he is loving us because we were so open and, you know, we became becoming friends, basically. He says, we need to find the line and the line needs to do the kill. So we see the line doing the kill of Buffalo and, and it was like really, you know, for us as well, it was very intense to see this action. And then the lioness, it was three lioness and a couple of small lions. They dragged this buffalo into the, you know, space. And then we drive with our Jeep like two meters away from that, observing them while they're eating with open windows. And, and I'm sitting there with the driver and my son. I was saying, please close the windows now. And then, you know, they're like, no, no, no. Yes, I close the windows. And they're like, why do we want to close the, close the windows? And this guy is saying, why do we want to close this? Maybe, you know, the lioness is going to turn around, see us and jump in jump into the G because it's like open. So for me, that survival fear really kicked in at that moment in time. And I was feeling I need to protect my son, which is my offspring. So, you know, naturally, the neurologically, my reptilian brain woke up, flight or fight, you know, like flight or fight, close the window, fire. And they were teasing me. They were laughing and laughing and laughing. Two of them, they had so much. I was like, forget about it. They don't even see us. I mean, they're totally into the, you know, kill right now. They don't even think about it. But what is fear? You know, I realize, all oh, right, you know, so I'm still conditioned by that fear. I'm still not at ease with myself in the danger situation. And I realized it was a reaction because I wanted to, you know, protect my son in a way because he was standing very close by that, that, that kill. So what is fear in our life? There's so many different levels. I think that fear of survival, it's real. I think that we have all experienced this in the last two and a half years, that we really want to protect ourselves and survive, but also fear as something that is teaching us and showing us the way where we really need to grow. And I've always chosen to relate to fear, not as something that will block me or stop me or I'm talking about psychological fear, expectations, worry, concern, you know, uh, that we all create in our mind. What is the teaching inside of this? What is this fear for? And on my good days, I can really get the message and I can say, okay, this is why I feel afraid of this. And on the bad days, I can spin in it for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it's very, it's very good that somebody like you who has a lot of experience in this business still has a bad day once in a while. 
like we all do. And that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it takes me for a ride and it spins me and I'm like, okay, I'm in fear. Okay, let me experience it. But I'm, you know, when you have tools, uh, it's it's easier. You know, yes. when you have tools, when you know what you need to do in that moment, how to distract yourself, how to breathe, how to b- become conscious of what's going on in your emotional body, then it's much, much easier to regulate. Yeah. And I think some of those tools are very personal. Not everybody uses the same tools. And I think one of our jobs is to actually find out which is my tool or which are my tools. Agree. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because through coaching process, it's all about you figuring out what really works for you because we're all unique. We're all different. We all have a map of the world that is unique to our upbringing, to our social conditioning, to our belief systems and so on and so forth. So it's important that you know you understand what works for you because otherwise, if you apply somebody else, it will not resonate. That's true. Now we're already quite far in. I want you to talk a little bit about TNM coaching. What do you do? What do you offer? What different kinds of programs? How can people find you? How can people? Yeah. There are two ways of of connecting with me personally. One is zorantodorovic.space, which is my personal coaching dedicated website for people who would love to explore to work with me. And my specialty in that area, it's, you know, unleashing people's potential getting people to understand their purpose and uh, enabling them to live the purpose, purposeful life. Because for me, you know, throughout the coaching, if you really understand what is your calling, what are you here to do? What is your unfolding potential and how do you actualize this in life? Then life becomes easier because you're not looking for things all the time. And sometimes you get, you know, trapped into looking for what, what do I want to do? Who do I want to become? How do I want to be? So once when you understand your purpose, which is your soul calling, soul mission, then it's easier. So that's what I do on, on a personal level. The TNM coaching, it's an organization with uh, more than uh, 500 coaches around the world. And we work on a different pro- pro- projects, uh, mainly on, we worked a lot with the big organizations in helping people in organization to use coaching to become better human beings, therefore better managers and leaders and employees. And for me, that coaching gives that humanity back within the organizations. When you are able to listen, when you're able to trust, when you're able to give feedback, when you're able to relate to others as a human being, when you're able to grow together, you humanize the work environment and then people can be more of themselves and therefore they can produce, they can have fun in their work environment. So TNM specializes in that. Uh, It stands for the new millennium coaching. And then we also offer retreats for people who are willing to escape their life and put themselves into intense process of figuring out who they are and what they are. And they're called soul consciousness retreats as well, you know, both for corporations and from individuals. Yeah, so it's a lot going on there at tnmcoaching.com. So if you feel pulled or, you know, invited, just go and check out the website and social media and you will figure out if something resonates with you. We will put the website in the show notes. So if somebody wants to find it, they can just click on it. Now, Zoran, where do you see yourself in 15 years or in 20 years? <laughs> do you want me to give you, you know, my, my crazy answer or do you want me to give you no I want answer? the truth. The truth. Where I see myself in 15 years is off this planet. I feel that we will progress so much that we will be so surprised with our capabilities and what we are able to do as a humanity. And somehow I feel I'm going to be on a different planet, maybe in this solar system, maybe in different galaxy, but I see like 
this journey from Earth will continue into somewhere else. That's how. That's wow. what I would love. To now I didn't expect that. I thought maybe you you were seeing yourself somewhere in a hut in in Serbia no. or in in Sweden. No. So, no. so you're definitely a lot further. I am further. I see myself in a different galaxy on a different planet with a different species. Maybe inter inter intergalactic communication. Maybe intergalactic uh, cultural ambassador of, for the Earth, sharing with them everything that we've been through so far <laughs> into our own journey. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, it's true, really, you know, because 25 years ago when we worked together, yeah. when you look at technical development in 25 years, I think actually I have my first email address was created either by you or by this crazy American guy that was working with us. Charles, I think. <laughs> no, it wasn't Charles, but it no, it doesn't matter. And And I still have it, but I mean... Then we knew that was the beginning of the internet, or it wasn't well. Beginning of internet, it wasn't yes. beginning. We just got websites and emails. We were all excited, you know, with, with everything. It's crazy. Right it's amazing what happened. So you may be right. You may be right. So Ooh. you know. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll do another interview when it when it becomes uh, immediate when we have to yeah. start talking about it. But in the meantime, I think any last words, anything else that you want to share. For, for the listeners, I think that journey, it, it's, it's the most beautiful thing, you know, putting yourself in, in space of, of traveling inside of yourself, traveling outside of yourself, stimulating yourself is something most beautiful, you know, that I want to share. Following your heart, you know, as we said in the beginning, when you have courage and you're willing to surrender into your authenticity and follow your heart it's very important and then keep on playing you know keep on playing with with with, uh, with life and keep on being positive and optimistic wonderful Zoran it's been an absolute pleasure and you're one of those people that if I if I don't see you for 10 years we just pick it up from where we left it last time and it's always a pleasure to talk to you thank you so much for being on most memorable journeys thank you so much for inviting me it's always a pleasure and I love you if you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.